hands and worship Him. Lord, we thank You. We praise You in this house. Thank You that we are children of the Most High God. Lord, we give You praise and honor. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we bless Your name. We praise Your name, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Come on, I'm not in a hurry this morning. I don't know about you. I'm not in a hurry. I just want to worship Him. I want to thank Him for His goodness, for His love, for His mercy here today. As Brother Eric said, even without all that, He's worthy just because of who He is. Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. For thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. Come on, sing that again. For thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. Come on, let's just sing We Exalt Thee together. Come on, let's sing it out. We exalt thee. We exalt thee. Yes, O oh Lord. We exalt thee, O oh Lord. O oh Lord. Come on now, make it personal. Sing, I exalt thee. atmosphere there is in this house today. Thank the Lord. Come on, one more time. Give Him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take your Bibles with me. The book of Luke chapter 8 verse 22 is where we're going to go. If you'd like to stand with me for the reading of the Word. This is the last Sunday of the month, so the children will stay in here with us. And uh, we are, we've got some exciting things coming up for Children's Church, and we always need more help in children's church. Patricia, wave at just, just wave your hand. If you want to help, make sure that you see Patricia. Some of you say, well, you know what? I'm not a teacher, you know, but you know what you can be? You can be one that helps corral those kids because somebody's got to teach and somebody's got to corral those kids and help keep up with kids. So even if you say, I'm not a teacher, 
If you can help corral them and be an adult presence to help out there. And some of you, you say, hey, I may want to take a shot at teaching it. Listen, we're always welcome for help. So please make sure that you see Patricia if you want to help in that. And I pray the Lord would convict you and get on some folks to help us with Children's Church. Luke chapter 8, verse 22, reading from the NIV this morning. going to read through verse 25. It says this. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. I believe the King James says, we're going to perish. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. I want to preach to you this morning with Christ in the storm. Would you stretch your hands this way and ask for God's anointing on my life as I do the same for you? Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for a beautiful morning so far. Thank you for beautiful weather. Thank you for Sunday school classes. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for everything that has happened, the giving, Lord. And, and now we come to this part where we pull ourselves up to your table, Lord, and break the bread of life together. Now, Father, I pray for this congregation, Lord, as they stretch their hands toward me. I pray that you'd open their hearts, their minds, their spirits, Lord. Let your word do the work. For people listening by podcast right now, that you do the same for them. And Lord, I ask for your help. God, I can't do this on my own. I'm not capable. But Lord, I need your anointing. I pray that the word of God would be like fire shut up in my bones here today. Let me preach like a man from another world. And God, I thank you for what you're going to do here in this place. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody in the house said, Amen. God bless you. You can be seated here this morning. With Christ in the storm. Much of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ was centered around the Sea of Galilee. You read throughout the Gospels and time after time, you'll read about they were at the Sea of Galilee. They got on a boat at the Sea of Galilee. Much of the ministry of Jesus was centered around the Sea of Galilee. Now, it was at the Sea of Galilee being about 682 feet below sea level is subject to violent storms. Though it is a small body of water about six miles wide at its widest point and approximately 12 miles long. You, you wouldn't think of this as, as you might think of just little places like Lake Teocata over in Louisville or different. You don't think of those places as, as, as a place that would be subject to violent storms. But because of the locale of the Sea of Galilee being 682 feet below sea level, and also the cool winds rushing down through the mountain gorges and meeting the warm air of Galilee causes sudden and severe 
storms. Now, we have a future meteorologist sitting right here in our, our sanctuary. She's at Mississippi State getting ready to be a meteorologist, so she could probably come up here and explain it better than that, but I'm not going to put her on that spot. But I think most of us here in Mississippi know what happens. We know what happens when things get crazy and it goes from really, really hot to really, really cold. Storms start to pop. Thunderstorms begin to develop. Tornadoes begin to develop. And because of how this happens, the Sea of Galilee is subject to these sudden violent storms more than normal bodies of water its size. And this is exactly what happened to Jesus and his disciples when they were crossing to the other side of the sea. Christ had ordered his disciples to enter the ship and to cross over to the other side side. Now isn't it wonderful to notice that Jesus Christ does not command us to go anywhere that he won't go with us. You, you know, I'd like to stand up here and I'd like to be able to say, you know, if you'll just follow Jesus, you'll never have to walk through a dark valley. I wish I could stand up here and tell you, if you'll just follow Jesus, you'll never have to go through a storm. I wish I could stand up here and just tell you that if you'll follow him, nothing will ever go wrong in your life. You'll always have money in the bank. You'll always have health in your body. Your kids will always love you. Your wife will always be beautiful. Your husband will always be handsome. Come on, somebody. You'll never fight. You'll never have any disagreements. Come on. I wish I could stand up here and tell you that you'll never have to walk through a dark place. But the fact, the fact of the matter is that Scripture tells us time and time again that there are times where Christ does require us to walk into some dark and difficult places. Can I tell you this morning that Jesus Christ has told me, I can tell you this, he will, he will, I can't say you, He will never ask you to go somewhere difficult, but what I can tell you is that if He asks you to go there, He'll always go with you. Just as Jesus Christ told them that, more, that day, he said, come on. He said, let's go over to the other side. And so they got into the boat. Folks, I can tell you, God has asked me to go into some difficult situations before. I've had to walk into some situations and some places that were not ideal. I've had to walk into some places that I didn't know how in the world things were going to get fixed. Now I know this goes out on podcast so I want to be careful but I want to tell you when we went to Bethalto the Sunday before we were to go in to try out that very Sunday they'd been in the process of finding a new pastor for two to three months and in that process that that very Sunday before we were supposed to go and try out there was a particular staff member that decided he wanted to be the pastor and he had gotten a few people with him the overseer was there and the, and the, uh, suddenly at the end of the of the uh, service and as the overseer was announcing that there would be a candidate coming suddenly people began to stand up throughout there was in this staff member's group who had been fired the night before and began to yell things so much that the police had to be called <laughs> and I walked in the next Sunday saying do you want me to be your new pastor <laughs> folks I can tell you that God will ask us to go to some difficult places Jesus asked them come on boys let's get in the boat but when he asked them to do that, he did what? He got in the boat with 
them. I'm telling you, God has asked me to go through some difficult things and some difficult times, but every single time without fail, He has been right there beside me. Read your Bible, and we find that there's other instances. There were three Hebrew boys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You see, sometimes we think, oh, God will never let me have to. He never let me have to go ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You see, they had to walk through the fire. But the good news was when God asked them to walk through the fire, Jesus was right there with them in the fire. Just a little while later a man named Daniel he was asked he was asked to stop praying and only pray to the king but he knew in his heart that there was only one king the king of kings and the lord of lords that he could pray to and he continued to pray to him and what happened you know it from Sunday school old Daniel was thrown down into a pit full of a bunch of starving hungry lions but guess what happened with Daniel the Bible said God showed up he showed up in the pit and he closed the mouth of the lions. I came by here on this Sunday morning in March 2022 to remind somebody that you will have to walk through some dark places. You will have to go through some storms. There are some things that you're going to have to face in your life that are difficult but I can stand here as a walking, talking, breathing, living testimony to tell you that no matter what he asks you to go through he is going to be right there with you every step of the way you see those that obey Christ's commands may be assured of his continual presence you see I believe that his presence is based on obedience to his command you see I've learned that I want to be where he is too many times we do what we say God I want to do this and I want you to bless this God, I want this in my life, and I want you to bless this. When the whole time we ought to be saying, God, I want to go where you want me to go. Because if I go where you want me to go, I know you're already going to be there, and you're going to be with me, and you're going to be the disciples. Even though they got tore up and worried and upset, the whole time Jesus was right there with him. He commanded his disciples. He said later on, go and teach all nations, observing all things that I've commanded. And he said, lo, I'm with you, what? Always, even until the end of the world. If you're taking notes, I want to look at just a few things. Number one, no storm is too severe for Christ to take us through. You see, no storm of life is so severe that Jesus cannot take us safely through it. In fact, the prophet Isaiah had said in chapter 43 and verse 2, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. You see, if we have taken Christ with us into the boat, we can be assured of his timeless presence through every raging storm of life. In fact, the book of Psalm chapter 95 and verse 5 says, The sea is his and he made it. And those that put themselves into the sea with Christ must place their trust in him for though they put out into the sea and it might be calm at the time we never know when a 
a storm is going to come. You see, God may instruct us to go somewhere. And I told you about one I've been through before. I knew the storm. I knew the boat was rocking already. I knew it was bad. But there's also been some times where I walked in. And just like the disciples and everything was calm and everything was nice. And every, hey, this is nice right here. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, bam, a storm begins to rise. And the boat begins to rock. And things begin to happen. We must be ready for the storms. Because all of life is filled with storms as well as calms. This is a lesson that many times is difficult for young Christians. And you know, sometimes it's difficult for even some of us who consider ourselves mature Christians to remember. You know, even some of us that have been walking this thing for quite a few years, sometimes stuff comes at us and stuff hits us. And we, even though we've been through it before and we know he's brought us through it before and we know that he's going, he can bring it through us again, even for some of us that have been in the boat with him in the storms before, sometimes we even have a little bit of panic if we're not careful. You see, Christ did not promise us that cares would not be present themselves, but he did assure us in 1 Peter 5, 7 that we can cast all of your care upon him. For he cares for us. Christ did not say that burdens would not come. But he did say in Matthew 11 and 30. That my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He didn't say that afflictions would not present themselves. But he did tell us in his word in 2 Corinthians 4 and 17. For our light affliction. Which is but for, but for a moment. Worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Can I remind you one more time. As we know that we're living here in the last days and we see so much turmoil and we're going through storms and we're going through difficult times just remember what was written here that what we're going through now is really light compared to the eternal heavenly glorious reward that is waiting for us on the other side amen come on give the Lord praise You're taking notes secondly experiencing a storm does not mean that Christ has left us you see a storm in our Christian experience is no indication that Jesus Christ has just abandoned us because our lives as a Christians will be filled with persecutions afflictions sacrifices burdens and difficulties and we remember that the devil is the God of this world the prince of the power of the air. And it is he who causes so many of the storms of life that come on us. Verse 23 of our text, the Bible told us that a storm came down on them. You see, it is the enemy many times. Now sometimes, sometimes it's not the devil, it's just us being dumb. <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> Uh, can I be just a little more honest? Sometimes it's not the devil, it's us being stupid. It ain't, it ain't the devil, it's us, but sometimes it is. The Bible said that the storm came down. I've explained to you already the locale of the Sea of Galilee and how the Bible does tell us that the enemy, the devil, is the prince of the power of the air. And many times those things will come down, it seems, suddenly on us. But notice this, the Bible said that Christ was asleep in the storm. You see, as long as Christ was on the ship, there was no danger of it sinking. I just need to remind somebody today, 
as long as you got Jesus on the boat with you, I don't care how hard the wind is blowing. I don't care how big the waves are. I don't care how bad it seems. As long as you're on the boat with Jesus Christ, you don't have to worry. Your ship will not sink. This is a simple lesson that we all must learn. You see, we can't fall as long as Christ is our captain. We can't go down as long as Christ is on board. It doesn't matter what goes on around us. If we rest in Him, it cannot affect us. This is the reason the Amplified Bible tells us this in Philippians 4, 6 through through 7. It says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, definite requests with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God and God's peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I'm just going to tell you that as a pastor, I often go to this. I go to it for people that are going through things. It is that peace. He talks about that peace. King James says, passeth all understanding. The Amplified says, it's the peace which transcends all understanding. The RDL version says this, peace that don't make no sense. That you and I as Christians, as long as we've got Jesus on the boat with us, we can have peace when everything's going wrong around us. That when it don't make sense to have peace, that God Almighty can give us peace. There's an old song that tells, and I know I've sang enough for today, you don't want to hear it probably. But there's an old song that tells us, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. July of 2020, I won't ever forget, as we were there in Bethalto, we'll never forget we had our first outbreak of COVID and I started getting word that people within the church were getting it and I go into the prayer room and in fact at this particular time because of the outbreak you know how things were then we had gone back to online and, and I remember that I would go in, nobody with the staff wasn't even coming in, but we lived right beside the church. And in fact, we all had it at that time. But I'd go over to the church by myself and go in the prayer room, had a marker board. And when i get those names, I would write those names on it. And that list kept growing. And that marker board kept getting more and more full of names. And then I'd look at that list on that marker board and I would realize that a lot of those names, they were older. Now come on, I know now we just went through old Omnicron and old Omnicron wasn't quite as, wasn't quite as bad as that, that first round. I know it was bad for some, but I'm talking about that first round that we, you know, folks, was, we were all just scared to death and everything. And this was when people were just now first getting it. And I won't ever forget looking at that marker board and how many of, of our senior saints were listed on that board. 
And I walk in and I look at that marker board and I'd be like, dear God, I'm going to be the pastor that was here that saw half the church die. Come on, somebody. Don't act like y'all all too holy to get afraid like that. But let me just be honest with you. When I'd first walk in that room, I'd look, and as I'd add names and add names and add names, and you know some of the younger ones, I'm, ah, they'd be all right. But I'd look at that whole section of senior saints, and I'd be like, dear God, I'm going to be the one here when half this church dies. What a legacy. <laughs> at the same time, and I'm not going to try to, you know, we preach, we like to drama it up a little bit. COVID wasn't that bad for me. I lost my taste, lost my smell, you know, a little bit fatigue. It wasn't that bad, but yet it was still there. I'm going through it myself, looking at all my folks that are going through it, worried about who's going to die then. Then I get a call from the Madison County Health Department of how some people have said that we weren't requiring masks like we should have been. Oh. Ain't none of y'all been on a boat like this before. And so now I'm going in and I'm staring at the marker board. And I'm thinking half of the congregation is going to die on my watch. And not only are half of the congregation going to die, but I'm going to go to jail. Because I'm the preacher. Y'all don't understand how it was up there. And they was way more serious about stuff up there than down here. And I thought, they're going to lock me up. They're going to make me an example. Of that preacher that let all of them church folks come in and wasn't pushing mass hard enough. And they all going to die and you're going to go to jail. And your wife is going to have to raise your kids without you. She's going to go back to Alabama with her folks and you're going to be locked up in an Illinois jail. Come on, yes, yes, bless me. Now, I know all y'all here are way too spiritual to let the devil get in your head like that. But I got to tell you, he got at me some. That storm, that storm just came on down. Let me tell you, I would walk in and I would look at that board and I'll be honest, just about every time I'd walk in and I'd be overwhelmed with it. But it didn't take long. Then I'd get down, there were chairs along the wall. And I'd find myself, and I'd get down on some of those chairs, and I'd just start praying. And I'd pray a while, knelt down. And then I'd stand up, and I'd walk around and pray a little bit. Then I'd just go over the marker board. I'd lay hands on the board and start calling out all of those names. And find, I wish I could tell you that just one time, after one time of that, I never had to face it. No, but when I'd walk out of there, I'd feel better. But then I'd go back in, and it overwhelmed me again. And I'd just have to pray through it again. Some of us think, oh, we'll just pray about it once, and it ought to be. Let me just tell you, there's some storms you're going to face. You're going to have to keep on praying about it. You know, we just want to come in and pray one little prayer and hope that it'll be done. Sometimes you gotta pray and pray and pray and pray. I don't. I really didn't intend to do all this, all this sin. But there was an old song we used to sing at Thorn. Always say, "Till the answer comes, gotta keep praying, gotta keep praying, keep on praying until the answer comes. Gotta keep praying, keep praying till the answer comes." Can I just tell you, there's some storms that you're gonna go through, and you're gonna have to make 
make sure that you got Jesus on the boat with you and you're going to have to get down in prayer and call out to God and give it to him and realize that if he's the one that called you to be where you are, if he's the one that put you in the storm, then he's right there with you in the storm and he's never going to leave you. Now we know in this story, Jesus was asleep in the boat. And sometimes we feel like that, don't we? I felt like that. Jesus, are you here? Have you left me? But he's always there. And the disciples begin to panic because they've forgotten the simplicity of faith, confidence, and trust. And we panic because we fail to remember his promises and to put our faith in his word. Can I give you some Bible here? Psalm 104 verse 3. Who layeth the beams of his chambers in the waters. Who maketh the clouds as chariots. Who walketh upon the wings of the wind. You see, the, the, the disciples needed to remember Isaiah 40, 12. They knew these, who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out the heavens with the span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and hills in a balance. We know that we find that it says, it is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell. In. Behold, the nations are as a drop in the bucket and are counted as a small dust in the balance. Behold, he take up, up the islands as a very little thing. And then Isaiah calls upon us to lift up our eyes with these words. He said, lift up your eyes on high and behold who hath created these things that bringeth out their hosts by number. He calleth them all by names by the greatness of his might for that he is strong in power not one faileth. You see sometimes we've just got to get back in the word and recognize that the God who is in the boat with us is the God who made everything. He's the God that's weighed out the islands. He's the God that's measured the oceans in the palm of his hands. He's the God that's created these bodies. He's the God that says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He's the God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Sometimes we've got to just get ourselves back in this word and realize that he is the one who's in the boat with us. Give God praise if you believe it. Third and finally, the disciples looked at the storm and not to Christ. The disciples panicked because they looked at the storm and not to Jesus. You know, that's not a new, you've heard, I know that those of you that are here that's been in church very long, you've heard message after message about that. You've heard it said and preached about how Peter, when he was walking on the water, and he kept his eyes on Jesus and he was all right. But when he took his eyes off Jesus and got to looking at the storm, he began to sink. That the same thing had happened to him already here in this particular storm in the boat because all they were doing was looking at the storm. I just need to remind you today that if all you ever do is look at your problem, you will be tore up. You will be afraid. You will not. You'll get so 
full of anxiety and stress if all you ever do is keep your eyes on the problem. But we must take our eyes off the problem and put our eyes on Jesus. Because the only way to dispel fear and anxiety is to throw ourselves unconditionally and unreservedly upon Him and leave the results in His hands. You see, this was not even an ordinary storm because these fishermen had braved many storms before on the Sea of Galilee. But the Bible says that the water was raging. The boat was filled with water. They were in trouble. But we've got to remember when we're in those times, Psalm 46 and 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I remind you one more time of what the, of the, of the, of the presentness of the scripture, of the present tense, that he has a present help in trouble. I thank God that he is the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, and everything in between. I'm thankful that God, I'm thankful that he's always been, I'm thankful that he's always going to be, but right now in this second, I'm most thankful that he's right here with me in the here in the now and that he is my very present help in the time of need the disciples cried master master we perish King James says we perish NIV says we're going to drown but I want to repeat to you they couldn't perish as long as Christ was on board the ship as long as you keep him in your life He's going to take care of you. The Bible says then in verse 24, said then, King James says he arose, NIV says he got up. You see, Christ always arises in times of difficulty and distress. The Bible tells me that Jesus is right now seated at the right hand of the Father. But you know what I read? I read in the book of Acts. You've heard this before. I read in the book of Acts when Stephen, the very first martyr for the gospel, was being martyred. The Bible said that Stephen, as they were chunking rocks at him, getting hit in the head and everything else, the Bible said Stephen looked up and he said, I see Jesus. What did he say? I see him standing at the right hand of the Father. Can I just remind you, when things get, yeah, there's times that he is, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is sitting right there making intercession for you and I. But I believe that the Bible becomes clear that when we begin to cry out to him, the Bible said right here, Jesus was asleep in the boat, but what? When they called out to him, he got up. You see, I believe when we see it in the book of Acts that Jesus was seated there at the right hand of the Father and Stephen began to cry out on Jesus and what happened? I believe that Jesus Christ got up. I thank God that he got up. The most thankful time I am for that is when he was laying in that grave. They had put him in that grave. They had wrapped him in grave clothes, put a cloth over his face. He was laying there in the grave. But on Sunday morning 
morning, that first Easter Sunday, the Holy Ghost invaded that borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And what? He got up. I just need to remind somebody today that Jesus hasn't quit on you. Jesus hasn't given up on you. When the time comes and you've got to have him and you cry out to him, I believe that Jesus Christ will get up and speak into your storm. He arises to meet the needs of his people. Psalm 68 said, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. I'm telling y'all that God is getting ready. He's getting ready to step out on the clouds of glory. He's about to arise and all of his enemies, those devils that have been attacking, those imps from hell that have been tormenting, Jesus is about to arise and his enemies are going to be scattered. And the storm left as suddenly as it had come. Time after time after time, I read in this book that when God gets involved, as quickly as a problem comes, the problem's got to go. I've had some mess that I've looked at, and in my human mind, I'm like, it may take years to fix this. Who knows if it can ever even be totally fixed. But I thank God that when he gets involved, as quickly as the storms come, the storms can go. Stuff that we think it could take years and years to fix. In a moment, God can turn it around. Mm-hmm. Then the scripture says in verse 24, And all was calm. Jesus stands up. He rebukes the winds and the water. And all became calm. You see, regardless of how many storms beat upon his people, there will always be a calm that follows. It is the business of the Lord to calm storms and bring calm to his people. Psalm 107, verses 29 and 30 says this, He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Psalm 65 and 7, God stilled the noise of the sea, the noise of their waves, and the tumult of the people. And then in Psalm 89 and 9, thou rulest the raging of the sea. When the waves thereof arise, thou stillest them. I need you to hear me this morning. Whatever you're going through today, Jesus Christ can bring a calm into your storm. No matter how bad it seems right now, no matter how high the waves are, no matter how loud the thunder, no matter how bright the lightning is, Jesus Christ can speak into your situation. I'm talking about stuff that you've prayed and believed for for years even. 
And when he steps in and speaks the word, in a moment, calm will come. Stand with me if you would, please, all over the house. I think you've heard my heart this morning, and I think I've made it pretty clear. That as a Christian, we don't have a guarantee of perpetual calm. Being a Christian does not mean that you're never going to face a problem. That you're never going to face a situation. To be honest, there's a few things that I'm facing right now. And I think like all of us, they, our problems become our problems and they seem huge to us. And they can be discouraging. And they can get us down. Friday night, went down to Laurel and preached at Ignite Church. And as we were praying, I gave the altar call and people were coming. We were praying in the altars. And I noticed a family had been sitting up toward the front. And I noticed a small young boy had on a neck brace. Notice what I assumed to be his dad on crutches. Noticed a, who was the grandma up there with them, crying bawling I didn't know I wish I could say I was spiritual enough to say that the Lord spoke to me and just told me everything that he didn't but after the service I found out that the little boy with the neck brace the dad on the crutches had been in an accident that wasn't the worst part the worst part was and this has just been a few weeks ago the worst part was there was a four year old sister, daughter that was killed in that car wreck and suddenly I just begin to think about the problems that I have and think boy I feel like such a dummy thinking I've got these ginormous problems and these folks are up here in these altars calling out to God and they've lost a granddaughter and a daughter can I tell you, no matter how big, and now don't take this, listen, I still believe this. You say, well, I, I, don't, I don't believe that, I don't have anything that big either. But let me tell you, God cares about our storms. No matter how big they are, no matter how small they are. But I want you to hear that because I want to tell you, listen, if those folks can have faith and be in the altar crying and weeping and calling out to God that my Lord... I've got to, too. I've got to come and I've got to fall on my face. And I've got to say, Lord, come on. Help me. I need you to speak into my storm. I need you to turn some things around. Because I know when you get ready, in an instant, it can all change. Maybe you're here this morning. And you say, Pastor, 
I've got some storms going on in my life. And I need Jesus to speak some calm into them. Maybe you're here, and maybe you're not even a Christian. Maybe you say, I've never accepted Christ as my Savior. I'm not a Christian. I've never been saved. Let me tell you, you've definitely got a lot of storm going on, but I'm telling you, I can introduce you to the peace speaker this morning that can bring calm to every situation in your life. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I got some storms. I got some stuff going on. And I just need Jesus to be in the boat with me. I need Jesus to speak peace into my storm. Would you come find a place in this altar right now? You know me well enough. If you don't, I'm not going to stick a microphone in your mouth. I'm not going to ask you any questions unless you want to talk to me. I'm not going to embarrass you in any type of way. But if you're here, you say, I got some storms going on. There's a storm in my life, and I need Jesus to speak peace. I want you to come find a place in these altars right now. Anybody else here this morning? You say, I need some peace. Come on, that's it. Come find a place right here, right now. That's it. I'm not going to embarrass you. Come on, find your place. That's right. That's what we're here for. Saints, I need you to just come on begin to pray. I, I, need, I need my saints to begin to pray. Just pray for those that need to come up here. We're going to pray for we're about to pray for those that have come. Pray for those that need to come. Oh, hallelujah. Right now, Lord, I pray, Lord, for every person that's got a storm going on in their life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, some of my men and women, my praying men and women, come on and begin to pray with these right here, right now. Come on, these altars are still open right now. It's not too late to come up here. It's not too late to come up here. It's not too late to come right here, right now. This is the time. This is the place. This is your moment. Say, Lord, speak peace into my situation. Speak peace into my situation right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Speak peace into my situation. Come on, anybody else. Now is the time. This is the place. These altars are open as they begin to sing. Let's pray.
And if you're praying, continue to pray. Just felt impressed by the Spirit to go back to this part. I didn't, I didn't hit it. The Bible said in, in verse 24, he got up, rebuked the wind, the raging waters, the storm subsided, and all was calm. Then in verse 25, he asked the disciples, where is your faith? I'm going to give you something a little tough here. He looks at them. They had come to him, called out on him, and then he kind of chastises them. Where is your faith? Here's the bottom line. Sometimes he wants us to go through the storm. I knew y'all weren't going to amen too much. Sometimes 
He needs us to walk through the fire. I mentioned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Y'all remember that story. You see, something significant happened. The Bible said that Nebuchadnezzar, after they'd been thrown into the fire, looked in, and he said to his attendants, he's like, hey, didn't we throw three guys into there, bound up? But now I see four loosed and walking around in the fire. The fire set them free. Sometimes God's going to let us walk through the fire. Remember, He's always going to be there with you through it. But sometimes He wants us to walk through the fire to go through the storm because it is those things that He will use as an instrument to accomplish His will in your life. Oh, come on, somebody give God praise if you believe that this morning. We know the storm's not going to last forever. But we're going to get through it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. Lord, help me to learn. I've learned to pray this. Help me to learn what you want me to learn while I'm walking through this season right here. As I'm going through this, as I'm holding on for dear life so I don't get washed overboard, or as I'm walking through this fire that is burning me up, Lord, don't let me. Sometimes we, we want to bail out before God gets us to learn what we need to learn. Then we got to go through it again. So this is, I got to quit. This is 12.07. But I've learned to pray, Lord, you've got me here. Remember, Jesus is the one that told him, just get on the boat. You've got me in this. So help me to learn what you want me to learn. Do in me what you want me to do. For Shadrach, Meshach, it was setting them free. Whatever you want to do. And then as quickly as possible. After I've learned what you want me to learn and you've done what you want to do in me. Get me out of this. Because I'm ready to get out. Somebody say amen. Amen. Come on, give God one more praise in this house. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Now listen, these that are praying, I want them to continue to pray. As you're going out, if you're a visitor with us for the first time, I want you to stop by the welcome desk. Take that visitor's card. We want, we'd love your information. we got a gift for you right out there, and we'll give that to you. And uh, I, I just ask that you would just, just, just come back and see us. We love you. We're thankful for you. Don't forget the announcement Jamie made about the food she some of the ladies board is going to be out there if you've got any questions listen I'm excited about what God's doing around here as we celebrate a century don't forget prayer Tuesday church Wednesday night at 7 and then 10 o'clock next Sunday morning God's doing some great stuff um, I want to pray sister Lynn you right here you're going to pray for us as we go here this morning mother Linda mother of our church we love her is so thankful to us. We've got to be thankful to Him. Jesus, we're just so thankful today, God, for what you've done, Jesus. God, you've been so good to us in so very many ways we can never repay you. 
God, I pray that you touch us as we go out this week, God. Let us share what you've blessed us with, Jesus. Let us be what you want us to be for your glory, God. And God, we give you the praise and the glory for it all. Amen.